Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. This is the Caribbean island of St. Andrews. The man in the green fedora hat and yellow gloves is the spider god, Anansi. With him is his son, Charlie, age seven. Well, it's Charlie's dream, and in it, he's age seven anyway. So, son, how are you getting on with Spider? Dad, this is a dream, and I don't want to talk about it. Come on, you're the son of a god. You just don't see it yet. He pretended he was me. So? And now my boss gave me a lot of money and told me to take time off. <laughs> it sounds good to me. Then I saw him kissing my fiance. Ah, maybe she thinks that Spider is you. You are brothers. But we don't look alike. Fat Charlie, look at this. A starfish. When you cut one in half, they just grow into two new starfish. I thought you were going to tell me something important. You know something? <laughs> Dad! <laughs> oh, it's a dream. Fat Charlie Nancy has a headache, a grieving heart, and a cash bonus from Graham Coates of £2,000. I know what I'll do. I'll invite Rose over tonight, steak dinner, I'll cook, she's engaged to me, everything will be fine. But I still miss Dad. On her way to work, Rosie stops at her mother's flat in Wimpole Street. I saw your boyfriend yesterday. So did I. My God, I love that man. Well, of course, you're marrying him, aren't you? Well, yes. I mean, I always knew I loved him, but yesterday I really saw how much I love him. Did you find out where he was the night before? Yes, he was out with his brother. I didn't know he had a brother. He hadn't mentioned him before. They aren't very close. Must be quite a family reunion going on. Did he mention his cousin, too? Cousin? Pretty thing in a trashy sort of way. She was in his flat walking about near naked. Shameless. If she was his cousin. Charlie wouldn't lie. He's a man, isn't he? Mum. And why wasn't he at work anyway? He was. We had lunch together. Oh, Mum, I had the most wonderful day. We walked and we talked and... Oh, have I told you how wonderful he smells? You ask me, he smells fishy. Mum, I won't hear another word. All right, I'll hold my tongue. It's not me that's marrying him, after all. Hello, you. Yes, I'd love to. That would be wonderful. Ciao. That was him. I'm going over there tonight. He's cooking for me. How sweet is that? Hmm. Morning, morning. Meanwhile, the girl Charlie found naked in his bed when he woke up yesterday arrives at work. Did someone need a post-it note about me bringing someone called Coates? His name is Graham Coates. He's a friend of the Chief Super, fellow Crystal Palace supporter. He's already texted about it twice this morning. Who taught the Chief Super to text? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Thanks, Carol. The number's on there. Yeah, got it. Duh. Graham Coates Agency, how may I direct your call? Graham Coates, please. Can I ask who? It's Detective Constable Day returning his call. Putting you through. 
Graham Coates. This is Detective Constable Day of the Fraud Squad. I have a message to call you. How can I help? Ah, well, um, yes, your chief superintendent, uh, an old friend, uh, suggested I talk to someone in your office. I wish to report, uh, well, <laughs> I'm not actually certain uh, that a crime has been committed. Suppose we get the details. Uh, what's your full name, sir, and the bookkeeper's name? Uh, my name is uh, Graham Coates. My bookkeeper is a man named Nancy. Charles Nancy. Graham Coates and Charles Nancy. It's probably a perfectly sensible explanation, but there have been certain irregularities and, uh, well, to be perfectly frank with you, I've given my bookkeeper a couple of weeks' leave while I try to come to grips with the possibility that he may have been involved in certain um, financial irregularities. Very well, sir. Now, I have a couple of things to clear up today. I suggest I pop around to see you first thing tomorrow. Would that suit? Absolutely. Uh, good. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for tonight's edition of Morris Livingston, I presume. Join us again next time for more Merry Mandras. Thank you. Good night. God bless. Everyone they love me, Dad, you hear them. And that edition of Morris Livingston, I presume, was first broadcast in 1984. Next on TV Classics Channel, we have Can You See Me Now? I don't care if it's nice out. Hello! <laughs> Who's that? Me, Spider. It is a beautiful day out there. Why would you want to spend it on that couch? You. You, you, you were kissing Rosie. Don't try to deny it. I had to. You didn't have to. She thought I was you. Well, you knew you weren't me. She shouldn't have kissed her. But if I refused to kiss her, she would have thought it was you not kissing her. But, but it wasn't me. I had to watch you kissing her. But she thought she was kissing you. Don't keep saying that. You should feel flattered. Do you want lunch? Of course I don't want lunch. What time is it? Lunchtime. Look, it's not like I'm trying to get rid of you or anything, but... When are you leaving? Oh, I don't know. When I came here, I only planned to stay for a day. Maybe two days. So you're leaving today? That was my plan, but then I met you. I can't believe that we have almost let an entire lifetime go by without each other's company, my brother. Mm. Come talk to me while I eat. Be honest with me. You're totally off the rosy. Totally. What do you plan to do about it? Do about it? Well, she's my fiance. Well, not to worry. <clears throat> she thinks I'm you. Will you stop saying that? No. What are you planning to do next? Marry her, pretending to be me. <laughs> I'm not the marrying kind. Hang on a moment. What? Where did you get that from? I asked you if you wanted lunch. Where did you get the steak? It was in the fridge. That was a steak I bought for dinner tonight, for me and Rosie. That's not a problem. What do you mean? It's not a problem. Well, I called Rosie this morning already, and I'm taking her out for dinner tonight. So you wouldn't have needed a steak anyway. But that's it. I want you out. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. I like it here. Out! What? Oh, Charles, good to hear your voice. Oh, uh, hello, Mr. Coates. I know you're currently enjoying your well-earned, but do you think it might be within the bounds of possibility for you to swing by for half an hour or so tomorrow morning, around ten-ish? Yes, of course. No problem. Good. Delighted to hear it. I need your signature on some papers. Well, until then... Yep. Who is that? Graham Coates. He's not good news. You should find yourself another job. I like my job. You like working for that horrible, lurking-behind-the-door creep? No. Him I could do with that. <sighs> Uh, nice piece of steak. 
<clears throat> Thanks. Now, I'm, I've set up my stuff in the spare room. What? There's no room. Sure there is. I'll show you. Come on. Oh. I know this place technically qualifies as a two-bedroom flat, but that's where I keep my stuff. You mean the cartons of books, the old Skeletric set, and the Hot Wheels toys with no wheels? The point is... It might be a good-sized bedroom for a normal-sized garden gnome, but for anyone else, it's a closet with a window. Yeah, well, maybe it used to be. Here. What? Great view, huh? What did you do with the window? That isn't London. Shh, you're frightened of flamingos. P palm trees, waterfalls. Is, is that on a big TV? No, no, the big TV's over here. They're real. Mix it with cocktail. Use the jacuzzi if you want. What have you... What, when did you... No, 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 never, never mind. How did you do it? And why? Well, seeing as I'm going to be here for a few days, I thought I'd bring my stuff over. Bring is just your stuff. Bringing your stuff is a couple of carrier bags filled with laundry, some PlayStation games, and a pot plant. This is... This is... Oh, volume. Flamingos. Go fix yourself some lunch. How? You've eaten all my food. I need to make a phone call. Cool, yeah, whatever. If you need me, I'll, I'll just be in my room. Unflipping believable. Please pick up, please, 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 please. Who the hell is this at this time of the morning? Uh, it's me, Mrs. Higler. Fat Charlie. I'm sorry. Well, what you calling about? I'm calling to ask your advice. Mm -hmm. You see, my brother came out here. Your brother? Spider. You told me about him. You said to ask a spider if I wanted to see him, and I did, and he's here. Well... That's good. No, it's not. Why not? His family. Look, I, I can't go into it now. I just want him to go away. Have you tried asking him nicely? Uh, we just got through with all that. He says he isn't going, and he's after my fiance. Well, how you know that? He said so. Hmm. Look, I just need to know how to make him go away. Hmm, I don't know. I'll talk to Mrs. Dunwoody about it. Bye for now. Bye. Right. Spider! Hold on! Sorry, bro. I was in the hot tub. What's up? I want to talk. Well, come on in. Rum punch? No, no, thank you. You have to understand, this is my place, and you're my guest. But they say that house guests are like fish. They both stink after three days. You know, it's hard when you've gone a lifetime not seeing your brother. Hard when he didn't even know you existed. Harder still when he says you're no better than a dead fish. Mm -hmm. Look, I'll tell you what. I can't stay here forever. Chill. Be gone before you know it. Why don't you go and get yourself some lunch and catch a movie? All right. Yes. There you go. Luella? It's me, Kalyan Higla. Oh, come in, honey. The kitchen door open. Almost done stuffing this turkey with cornbread. You expecting company? It's always a good idea to be prepared. Now, suppose you tell me what's going on. Nancy's boy, Fat Charlie. I tell him about his brother when he out here last week. But that's not the end of the world. I tell him how he can contact his brother. Ah, 
and he's turned up in a England. Boys at his wits end. <laughs> you can't get him to go away. Nope. Me done it once. Can't do it again. Not that way. Isn't there another way? Hand me that file. Here. I reckon I put this bird on to cook late tomorrow morning. It'll be done in the afternoon. Then I put it back into the hot oven early evening to get it all ready for dinner. Who you got coming to dinner? You, Zara Bastamonte and Fat Charlie. By the time that boy gets here, he'll have a real appetite. He's coming here? Are you listening, girl? Now help me get this jerky into the fridge. That evening, Fat Charlie is in his local cinema watching an action movie. Things blow up. It's great. Halfway through the film, it occurs to Fat Charlie that there is something that he is not remembering. And it distracts him so much that he buys a large bag of popcorn and sits through the movie again. It is even better the second time and the third. After that, he thinks that perhaps he ought to be getting home. Meanwhile, Rosie has been taken out for the evening by the young man she believes to be her fiancé, Fat Charlie Nancy. They walk through Leicester Square, and Rosie finds herself wondering why it was never like this with Fat Charlie before. You happy? Oh, yes, sir. This evening has been magic. <laughs> Good, because now you're coming back to my place. Taxi! In the taxi back to Fat Charlie's... Rosie's thinking about how much she doesn't want the evening to end. Mm, I love the way you smell. Are you wearing some kind of cologne? That's just me. Well, you should bottle it. Taxi! Their cab sweeps past the real fat Charlie, who is foot sore and weary after missing the last train home. He trudges on toward their mutual destination. Keep the change, thanks. Oh, come on up. My room? <laughs> Go on then. You know, the bedroom's here, silly. Where are you going? Oh, nowhere. I knew that. I was just playing. <laughs> I can murder that state right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, aren't you going to try and kiss me? Shouldn't we close the curtains? They'll keep. No. No, 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 no. What was that? I, I didn't hear anything. It sounded like someone in pain. Oh, cats fighting, maybe. It sounded like a person. Uh, could be one of those urban foxes. They sound a lot like people. Mm. It stopped now. Hmm. You want to know the strangest thing? Uh-huh. Sure. Tell me the strangest thing. But I made it go away. It won't bother you again. The strangest thing is it sounded like you. 
Fat Charlie walks the streets trying to clear his head. Where is his family? The obvious course of action is to bang on his own front door until Spider comes down and lets him in. Then explain the whole thing to Rosie and shame Spider into leaving him alone. How hard could that be? Harder than it ought to be, that is for certain. Streets he knows, or thinks he knows, seem to have reconfigured themselves. Taxi! Where to? Maxwell Gardens. You're taking the mickey or something? That's just around the corner. Please take me there. I'll give you an extra fiver, honest. All right, mate. It's your funeral. Hop in. Oh. Where'd you say you wanted to go? Uh, Maxwell Gardens, number 34. It's just past the off-license. Yeah, I know where it is. It's just before you get to Park Crescent. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's odd. What? I must have taken a wrong turning. Oh, look. I'll turn off the meter. All right. Call it a fiver. Sure. Fat Charlie closes his eyes in the back of the taxi and he sleeps. The taxi drives on through the night, trying to get just around the corner. The next morning, Detective Constable Day, currently on a 12-month secondment to the fraud squad, arrives at the offices of the Graham Coates Agency at 9.30 in the morning. Oh, come in, come in. Take a seat. Do you care for a, a coffee, tea? Oh, no, 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 thank you. I, I'm fine. I'm just going to make some notes. Right. <clears throat> right. Please proceed. Well, um, at the Graham Coates Agency, a client's money is a sacrosanct trust. Now, when I first began to entertain suspicions about Charles Nancy, I dismissed them as unworthy of a decent man and a hard worker. Now, had you asked me a week ago what I thought about Charles Nancy, I would have told you that he was the very salt of the earth. So when did you become aware that money might have been diverted from clients' accounts? Well, I, I'm still not certain. I, I hesitate to cast aspersions or, or first stones, for that matter. You know, judge not, lest ye be judged. Uh, God, I hate to use a cliché, but mm. if you could just give me the facts. Of course. Um, I've printed out all the uh, anomalous transactions here. As you'll see, mm. they were all made from Nancy's computer. Mm. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yes? Oh, yes. Good Lord. Oh, tell him to wait for me in reception, yes? I'll be out in a moment. That is what I believe you would call in police terms a turn-up for the books. Well, what is? The aforementioned Charles Nancy himself, here to see me. Um, would you like to look at him? Well, I don't see that that would accomplish anything. Oh, well, I wouldn't tell him you were investigating him. Otherwise, he'll be off to the Costa del Crime before we could say prima facie evidence. Yeah, yes. I'll show you out. Oh, do you mind if I use your loo? Oh, of course, but it's on the way. Mr Coates, Mr Nancy's still here. Charles, good Lord, man, look at the state of you. Did you sleep in those clothes? You look terrible. I, I didn't get home last night. Bit of a mix-up with the taxi. Sorry about that. I... Oh, damn. You? Charles, this is Detective Constable Day of the Metropolitan Police, and she's here on routine business. Morning. <clears throat> nice to meet you. In your uniform. Well, gosh, is that the time... I must get back to the station. Um, I'll be in touch. Mm -hmm. Yes, Word in my office, Mr Nancy. Yeah, of course. Let us be blunt. Cards on the table. I said you had something for me to sign. 
No longer an operative statement. Dismiss it from your mind. No, let us now discuss those unorthodox transactions occurring here that you drew my attention to. I did? Two, as they say, Charles, can play at that game. Naturally, my impulse was to investigate, thus the visit from Detective Constable Day, and what I found will, I suspect, not come as a shock to you. It won't. No, indeed. There are, as you pointed out, definite indicators of financial irregularities, Charles, but alas, there is only one place to which the fickle finger of suspicion unerringly points. Uh, where? You, Charles. The police suspect you. Yes, of course they do. It's been that sort of a day. Oh, I'm sure it has. Yes. Right? Well, going home now. Goodbye, Mr Coates. <clears throat> where were you all night? You know perfectly well where I was last night. I was failing to come home. I don't know what kind of magic you were using on me. It wasn't magic, it was a miracle. I don't care what it was. You're doing it in my house and you stopped me from coming home last night. Did you tell Graham Coach that there were financial irregularities going Of on? course I did. Great. Well, he only suspects me, that's what. Well, I don't think he does. Shows all you know. I talked to him. The police are involved. And then there's Rosie. And you and I are going to have... A very long conversation about Rosie when I get out of the bath. It's not hot water. Why is there no hot water? Oh, it must be my hot tub. It's big enough for two, you see. Rosie wouldn't. She did, didn't she? Uh, <laughs> I want you out of here. Out of my life, out of Rosie's life, gone! I like it here. You're ruining my life! Tough! <sighs> right. You realize, of course, this means war. Yes, uh, taxi to you for our airport, please. You're getting way too big for your boots. Graham Coates has been planning his exit from the Graham Coates agency for some time. In the concealed safe behind the bookcase in his office, a walk-in room he is extremely proud of, is a leather vanity case containing two passports under assumed names. Graham Coates steals from the clients of the Graham Coates agency, and he is good at it. It isn't that people like Graham Coates or that they trust him. Even the people he represents think he's a weasel. But they believe that he is their weasel. And in that, they are wrong. Graham Coates is his own weasel. Yes? Uh, Mr Coates, I've got Maeve Livingston on hold. I know you said to put her through to Charlie, but he's off this week and she said she's going to call her lawyer if she can't speak to someone right now. I can tell her to buzz off if you like. You will not tell her to buzz off. Oh. You will put her through. Yes. Hello? Maeve, how lovely to hear from you. How are you? Mm, I'm not sure. 
Well, why don't you tell me about it? The money from Morris's estate. We were told we will be seeing some of it by now. Maeve, as I've told you, Morris made a, a number of poor investments, and although with my advice he made some sound ones as well, we do need to allow the good ones to mature. We can't pull out now without losing almost everything. My bank manager says I need £10,000 right now just to cover expenses. Oh, it's not that straightforward, I'm afraid. Well, something has to be done, even if I have to stand over you while you write me a cheque. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I appear to have a call on the other line. Let's talk again soon. But this is a last... Ah, me. When I was a young man... My Morris Livingstone's account has bought and paid for Graham Coates' penthouse flat on the Copacabana and for the installation of his swimming pool on the island of St Andrews. And Graham Coates is grateful for both. Spider has been feeling odd. Something has changed, and it bothers him. Despite all the comforts of his room, basking in how extremely cool it is to be him, for the first time even that, somehow, isn't enough. Hello? Is that you? Oh, hey, Rosie. Last night, was it as wonderful for you as it was for me? I don't know. It was pretty wonderful for me, so, I mean, it's probably a yes. Do you want to come over to my place tonight? My flatmates are in the Cairngorms. <laughs> that may be a candidate for the most beautiful phrase in the English language. My flatmates are in the Cairngorms. Twit. <laughs> um, bring your toothbrush. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and... Thank you. What for? You made me feel better. Good. Now, I must go. <laughs> okay. Bye. You hang up first. No, no, you. No, you. <laughs> no, after you. <laughs> no, you go first. <laughs> no, come on. Welcome to Orlando Airport. Please keep your luggage by your side at all times. Mrs. Ingra? Who is Charlie? Just in time. You're expecting me? Sure. You're hungry? Uh, yeah. Very. Well, I hope you like turkey. In episode three of The Nancy Boys by Neil Gaiman, adapted by Dirk Maggs, Charlie Nancy was played by Jacob Anderson, Spider Nancy by Nathan Stewart Jarrett and Nancy by Lenny Henry Narrator Joseph Marcel Daisy Day Pippa Bennett Warner Rosie Noah Sheila Atim Mrs Noah Donna Kroll Graham Coates Julian Ryan Tutt Mrs Higler Tanya Moody Mrs Dunwiddie Cecilia Noble Mrs Anansi Angela Winter Maeve Livingstone Julie Hesmanholsh Morris Livingston, Jeffrey Holland, Carol, Danielle Vitalis, Annie, Isabella Inchbold, Steve Burridge, Clive Hayward, and young Charlie Nancy, Josiah Chota. And Nancy Boys was directed by Allegra McElroy. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.